All right, welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. School's back in session. Everybody say amen. amen. Parents, amen. Uh, kids, eh, not so much. It's good, though, to uh, get back on schedule. It's good to get back on track, to have a schedule, to get back on track with the Lord. I want to encourage you, get back on track with God. Get back on track with you serving Him and reading His Word. Get back on track of doing good. You may have kind of gone off the rails. It's okay. Get back on. Amen? Get back on. Make a determination to get back on. Today we've been talking, we've been talking the last few weeks about connected. Number one, connecting to God. Number two, connecting to each other. Now we're here at connecting to family. And God didn't It wasn't by chance that we were placed into a family. It is God's design. Family is God's design. From last week, if you remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the seas and the land. He created the animals. He created man. And with man, he created woman. And he created family from the beginning. Right away, they had kids. If you remember, before they had kids, Adam and Eve, husband and wife, had issues. Right? They didn't have any external circumstances. It was just them. They couldn't blame it on church. They couldn't blame it on their neighbor. They couldn't blame it on the economy. The economy was good. It was perfect. They couldn't blame it on work. They didn't have to work. And yet, they still had challenges. So the fact that you have challenges means you're normal. Have challenges in your marriage? You're normal. Um, Then they had babies. And with those babies came challenges. You would think in the perfect environment that it would just be great. Nope. First babies out, gave them problems. Then their babies caused problems. Then their babies caused problems. Until finally God said, let's swap out and start again. Noah, go get them. Noah gets them on the boat. They get off the boat. Problems. (laughs) Right? You are not weird. Well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) You're not alone. You're not alone. We have challenges in life. We have challenges in marriage. We have challenges with our parents. We have challenges with our kids. We have challenges. But it is God's design. It's through those challenges that we get opportunities to overcome. It's through those challenges that we recognize we need God. And that I'm not going to be successful without Him. Praise God for family. Everybody's got that uncle that's in jail. Everybody's got that sibling or extended family that had a baby out of wedlock that's an alcoholic that has made all these mistakes we all have dysfunctional families it's really not dysfunctional it is just family you are not alone but living in family gives us so many opportunities for forgiveness and for patience and from Colossians chapter 3 if you remember for putting on love you got to put it on doesn't just happen. 
You know, and many times we are sinners and many times we are saints. And so it is into family that Jesus Christ was born. He did not just show up. He came by family. And he came from the virgin birth, but God said he needs a dad. And we saw last week that the Lord came and spoke directly by an angel to Joseph himself to say, this is your family. God saw the value of a father. Jesus came through family. We are placed into families and are forced to stick together, but sometimes families fall apart. Just like in real life, family relationships can be complicated, confusing, and frustrating. From the beginning of our life, we have to learn to deal with one another, to live with one another, bearing with one another, loving each other. The first time we get an experience in love is in family. We develop our first relationships. We have our first disagreement. What's a child's first word usually? No. Dada. No, it's no. No. Okay, then it's dada. Then, not far from it comes no. No. They're learning boundaries, right? They're learning to say no. Yeah. Not so much. Parents are learning to set boundaries on the child. The child's like, what? But before that, it was all about me. And we spend the rest of our life realizing it's not all about me. And that hurts. Welcome to family. No. No. Walking through our first forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation. It was intentional, and it is key to our walk with the Lord. As we watch Jesus' walk as a boy growing up, starting to go into ministry, we see him in the picture of family. We see him show us what it means to honor parents. He is literally a young man, young man, 12 years old. He has gone in, and he is, he's in the church studying, learning, but he has gotten away from his parents and his parents have freaked out. They have officially freaked out. They left. They were going home, turned around. Where's Jesus? Oh, no, we have lost our kid. Anybody here ever left their kid at Walmart? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. It happens. Intentionally or unintentionally, we won't worry about that today. God has mercy. You just ask for forgiveness. God will forgive you. Don't leave him at Walmart the next time. We are not talking about me. Can we have marital issues right here on stage, right in, front of the, right in front of the church? I did. I lost our baby on a cruise. I did that. I didn't tell Elizabeth until I'd found her. <laughs> we really have some stories from our cruise experience. That's one of them. The other one includes um, life jackets and screaming and floating clothing on our floor. Well, I'll share that with you sometime. I probably have before. Welcome to the Ramsey family. But Joseph and Mary lost Jesus. 
Where was he? He was doing good. He was studying. He was in the church where he felt like he was supposed to be. But what did he do? He left where he, where he was and he went with his mother and his father. Jesus gives us this, the picture of how to honor mother and dad. And it says in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And I want you to know that as he grew, he grew in family. Our children need to realize that God has a special purpose for placing them in family. Last week we just touched on a few key points about family, but let me just touch on those again. The family is a masterpiece of God's creation. Family is a masterpiece. In that how many, we saw last week as Elizabeth shared the Maslow's hierarchy of need and the basic needs. God has, in pla- has placed a way for those basic needs to be fulfilled in family. Food, c- food clothing, shelter, comfort, security is supposed to happen in family. Now many of you may have grown up where it did not happen. But family... God's idea of family is a masterpiece of God's creation. Inside family, God multiplies the family. The family grows, it interacts, it learns how to get along with each other. And you also belong. You have a sense of belonging. Also in family, marriage and parenthood reveal God's character. The love between a husband and a wife is a great picture of the love of the Lord and His church. The way a husband, the Scripture teaches us, the husband should love a wife and a wife should love a husband, is a great picture of God's character. But also in parenthood, the love that parents have for their children. And where does it come from? I don't know. It just comes. One day I didn't have it, the next day I did have it. I had a child and there was that love. And that love that God has for his children, that he loves you that much. I I, I can't even say that. He loves you so much more than you have the capability of loving your own child. It's mind-blowing, church, how much God loves you. And you know where he starts to show that to you first is in family. Finally, God put children in families so that they can experience his love and learn how to love others. There is a purpose to family. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 9 says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. The Lord gives the outcome to listening to wise advice. And God places us in families so that we will learn to listen, to be protected, to be cared for. But do you know that we were also placed in family so that we wouldn't be lonely? Uh, Elizabeth shared last week about um, the Holocaust Museum. And one of the worst things that someone that, that tortures can do is isolate you. Isolation 
will kill the soul, will kill the spirit. But it says that God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely in families. And, you know, maybe you were born into a broken situation, just a, just a terrible situation. I want you to know that God has made a way for you. You'll see. Just wait just a moment. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. We all know this scripture. Our parents have really made sure that we know this scripture. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live long, a long full life in the land the Lord is giving you. God says, honor your parents, and this is what I will do because of you honoring them. Because I have created family, I have created this structure, I'm going to teach you how to come under authority. The way that we learn how to come under the authority of God is by coming under the authority of our parents. The way that we learn to come under the authority of a boss is to by coming under the authority of our parents and by coming under the authority of God. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon this land that the Lord thy God is giving you. This is the first commandment with a promise. You get a promise with this one. If you will honor your parents, you will live a long, full life. Learn to honor them. God is a God of family. But he not only placed us in a natural family... He has placed us in His family. He has placed us in His family. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, God's Spirit joins Himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. We don't have to declare that. He declares. He declares you are God's children. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Key words here. Believe and accepted. I want to ask you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you made that decision to live your life for Jesus Christ? If you haven't, Everything needs to stop now, and I just want you to start considering. You're here for a reason. You're not here because your neighbor invited you. Maybe you are. But in the big picture, you're not here because you saw the church up here and just thought, well, let's go check that out. They do have a weird billboard up there that says happy hour. What's that all about? Yeah, I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard things about them, good or bad, and that's why I'm here. Nope, you're here because the Lord has led you here. You're not here by chance. And you're here because you're looking for answers to questions that you have in your life. And I want you to know this is where the answer is, is in Christ. If you believe and accept, then you have the right you have the right to become children of God. He gave the right. It says, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. 
Galatians 3.26. 1 Peter 2.10. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Following Christ is following a God of mercy. I'm pondering on, a, on the next um, series to go into, and one thing that's really jumping out at me, and we, I haven't decided whether we're going in this direction, but kind of an idea of it is the mistake factor. God has in place in our lives a way for us to be completely successful and to fulfill His, his calling even with our mistakes. Our mistakes have been factored in. Mistakes previous to receiving Christ, mistakes after we've received Christ, mistakes after we've gotten up and, and, and overcome something and then we fall down again. God has factored in mistakes. He's not a God that when you mess up, you're, you're thrown out forever. That, that is the God we serve. We serve a God of mercy. But once you had no identity, now you are God's people. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's what I'm asking you. Basically, when I ask you, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm asking you, would you be willing to be led by the Spirit of God? Would you be willing to get in His Word, to commit your life verbally and in your, act, in, in your acts of your life to follow Christ? Because it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Would you do that? But you know what? To remain in a family is a choice. We choose whether or not we're going to still hang with our family. Whether it's our family in Christ or our family in the natural. And many times we make pretty negative decisions. It says, I beg you, brothers and sisters, to become complete, to be completely joined together by having the same kind of thinking and the same purpose. And you say, well, you don't know my family. You don't know how they think. They're backwards. You think we're backwards? They're backwards. We're not talking about political stuff. We're not talking about, we're talking about being able to get on the same page. We're talking about being able to come back to the table and see if we can work through our challenges. How many of you have broken relationship because of something stupid? Most of them are dumb. It says, I beg you, brothers and sisters, to be. That, that gives me the impression that I have a choice to be completely joined. Be joined together by having the same kind of thinking and the same purpose. We choose to be connected, to be joined. We must make an effort to get on the same page. 
as my wife comes up, I want to, I want to share a scripture that we went over uh, last week. It's Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. Before she shares, it is not right to be alone. Alone is dangerous. Alone there is no room for multiplying. It takes two to multiply. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. It is not God's plan to be alone. It wasn't from the beginning. It isn't today. With that, let me let Elizabeth share. Okay, amen. So just in that same um, vein of thought, you know, it isn't good for a man to be alone. And the Lord said he would make a uh, helper who is just right for him. And I think sometimes um, in marriage it's easy to feel like, um, you know, there's those moments and I would guess other people have felt this way where you think this is like some sort of a cruel joke that we ended up together because we're so different. How did this happen? And you know, sometimes I've had those thoughts of we could not think more differently or, or uh, you know, have a different approach to something. But you know what? It's always good for me over the years to come back to this verse that says, I'll make a helper who is just right for him. Because you know what? I've begun to view myself over the years as I was created for Paul, my husband, and I'm just right for him. I'm just what he needed. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not saying, ladies, that everything we do is right or that we have just the right words that he needs to hear because I think sometimes we can get into sin and make errors and make mistakes. But in my core, I really believe that the Lord picked me to be his wife just like he picked you to be your husband's wife. And so I want to encourage you when you have those moments of, my goodness gracious, we're very different. We don't think the same. We, we don't communicate very well. You know, we have these big blow-up moments, but you know what? You're just right for him. You're just right for him. And I think that that brings me a lot of peace. Um, another thing over the years that I just want to remind you of um, is that I think it's important to be a helpmate You know, just think of that in itself, the meaning, just to be a helpmate, to be a helper. Well, that means I need to help my spouse. I need to help my husband. And so over the years, I begin to try to see, where is he going? What's he doing? What's he trying to accomplish? How can I help him get there? And I love being in his boat. And I feel like I'm in his boat. And I'm helping row, or I'm helping encourage. I'm helping support him. And, you know, I'm helping by praying, by being an encourager. And I'm telling you, I'm not perfect at this. I don't have this all down, and I definitely have my moments. But I think for the most part, you know, it's kind of like you know the right thing to do, and you try to do that. And when you fall down and mess up, you repent and move on. Um, But it does help for me. It helps me so much 
when he knows where he's going. I love it when he has a clear direction. And it's very easy to be in his boat. He said to me the other day, um, we have over the years at times been through the ringer with our finances and have learned a lot of hard lessons. But together, when we're together and we're united, you know, he said to me on a walk, it's not been too long ago, um, we had, had really studied all of these different things um, from Joe McGee's financial seminars to Dave Ramsey's. We've done all this stuff. And he finally said to me, we're going to win. And, you know, when he says that to me, I'm like, we are. And I'm in your boat. I love being in your boat. I love it. Now, there are days where he's down, and he doesn't say things like that. And really, he's not a real, he's not like this. He's really even kill. But there are those days that he's down. And you know what? It's not time to jump ship. It's just not. That's when it's time to say, you know what? I love you. I choose you. And if I could choose a million times over, I'd still pick you. And you know what? I really feel that way. I really would. I would choose you every time. Every time. <laughs> Amen. Okay, the other thing, just one more point that I want to share. Well, hey, wait. I just do wait. have a microphone. Wait. Okay. Um, I would choose you. Well, <laughs> We're having real moments here. Let me just say, I def no amens on this, please. I definitely married up. <laughs> um, but same way, it's not just a one direction help. Um, I, I believe that I was called to be her husband and to fulfill um, a, a role that couldn't be fulfilled any other way. And, um, you know, the scripture that talked about get on the same page. We in marriage have to really war to get on the same page. And we had a situation that you brought up a few weeks ago um, that where we just had some differences in, in, a, in a situation. It was a business situation. The funny thing was when we stripped it all down to the core truth, we both agreed completely. But our approach was so different that it looked like two different things. Uh, we'll go through a drive-thru and I won't get what I want and she won't get what she wants and she'll get, her, she'll get what she needed in a way that I don't understand and I'll get what I needed in a way she doesn't understand. I make her very uncomfortable because I just call, call it like it is. You missed this and you're going to fix this. I'm going to give you a chance. You go fix it. And she's real sweet and said, uh, you kind of missed it. And I'm like, fix this. And she's like, you make me very uncomfortable. But we still get the same outcome. We still both want our whatever. But we had a complete, dis, not disagreement, disagreement in approach. Mm -hmm. But to the core, we were, we were almost about to just be upset with each other, but then realized, wait a minute, we both want the same thing. Can we get on the same page? Can we stop our arguing and our different approaches to realize, what's the point? Okay, now let's start on that point and start to build from there. I've got situations with family members that I need to get back to. What was our problem? And now how can we start to put this back together? Mm -hmm. Rather than, let's just stay on the external. I'm mad at you. You're mad at me. And we'll just live like that the rest of our life. What were we even angry about? I don't remember. Well, can we just restart? I don't know. Maybe. But husbands and wives, 
It's not by chance you're together. You may think it is. You're not. It's God's plan. God's plan. Sorry. Amen. No, that was good. Amen. You're awesome. I love well, you. you're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other point that I just want to remind you. I had a, a dear friend. Um, I, I have a little group that I'm a part of that's uh, ministers, pastors, wives, um, throughout just throughout the United States. And um, one of those women um, had uh, written something that really touched my heart. And um, she reminded us all that the grass isn't greener on the other side, that it's greener where you water it. So hear me when I say that. The grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. And I want to remind you that it's our jobs as spouses. It's our jobs as wives to nourish and water our relationships. As parents, as sisters and brothers and daughters, we water relationships and nourish those relationships and take care of them. And I, and I think that you're about to talk about forgiveness, which I think will just flow perfectly right here. Okay. Well, I'm almost done. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Catch this. This is us. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. What must you do? Forgive. Bear with. Forgive. You must do. Church, quit waiting for the other person to make the move. That's not your call in life to wait for them to ask you to be forgiven. It's your call to go and forgive. Um, we studied, we, we went through this love and respect marriage conference, and what they talked about in marriage is someone be the bigger person. Someone be the mature one and make the move instead of two people just going to dig in and I'm not moving. You know, that's my personality, stubbornness. And I have to fight against that. I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm going to be the first person. And not go and apologize saying, sorry, will you forgive me? She's like, that doesn't feel like you're saying sorry. Well, I said it. Do, Do you relate? Be the bigger person, bearing with. That doesn't mean that the person you're living with is not hard to bear with. It does mean the person you're living with is hard to bear with. I'm not trying to say they're not hard to bear with. They are. I am hard to bear with. I know. I have a hard enough time with myself. I am not kidding. I've got to bear with forgiving one another. As Christ forgave me, so must I also do. Husbands, forgive your wives. Wives, forgive your husbands. Siblings, forgive your siblings. Forgive your boss. Forgive. Get free. Bearing with one another. What does that mean? Hang in there. Ephesians chapter 4. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another. God said it more than once. Why? 
because, we ha- because it's hard. Bearing with one another. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Who has got to endeavor? We have to endeavor. How many of you, are, how many of you have ever gotten upset in church? Yeah, have you not? Stick around. <laughs> Just wait. Your neighbor, you're going to have to endeavor with them. You're going to go to Sunday school class and somebody's going to look at you wrong. Whether they really did or not, you're going to take it wrong. And you're going to have a chance to endeavor. Hey, hey, I got a chance to bear with this person. Instead of, that made me mad, I'm not going back. That's childish. That's childish ways. Let's rise up and say, hmm, that felt weird. Okay, I'm going to give that to you, God. I forgive them. Let's see if it happens again. No, didn't happen. They must not have meant anything by it. Well, good. I'll just go on. Now, I just left without unforgiveness, without holding an unforgiven unforgiveness. I just left free because I forgave you. Believe me, you hang around me long enough, you got to forgive me. I'm going to mess up. In marriage, I mess up. But we have chosen to forgive. Now, I want to encourage you. You don't have to overthink this family thing. You just need to be around. You need to be in the Word. You need to have the Spirit. And you know, we just read that scripture about um, that God's going to send a helper. You know, I've never seen this. I'm sorry. I'm just going to give you revelation that I just had this morning while she was speaking it. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit. God does not leave us alone to be able to try to walk this thing out with Christ. He sent us the Holy Spirit, one just like Jesus Christ, to fill us and to prepare us and to be able to take what we face. So that when I step into marriage, you know who I've got in my camp? I've got the Holy Spirit. Somehow, the Lord is going to equip me to be able to be successful in marriage. If I remove the Holy Spirit, I'm left alone. I am a sitting duck and I cannot do it. But with the Holy Spirit, He has not left me alone. He has not left you alone. If you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. So, we don't have to overthink this. Let me let, me let Elizabeth share a story as we close um, about a situation that me and one of my children had. And, and uh, we'll just wrap it up from there. Amen, amen. So we've been talking about family, and we've talked a lot about marriage, but then we've also talked a lot about um, parenting. And um, so kind of running back into, let me, before I say this, let me just say that I think sometimes it's easy to hold unforgiveness and bitterness. And Paul and I just walked through a situation, and he's probably not even going to know what I'm talking about because he usually I normally don't. it so fast. But when we were on our last trip and there was a little situation coming home that honestly really hurt me. And I don't think it was his intention to hurt me, but there were some words that were said. And I want you to know that I thought about those words and he was sorry. Like he was like, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And, but like even like, you know, four or five days later, I was still thinking about it. Like that was, that was really kind of crappy. And, and I would catch myself thinking about it and it wasn't anything that bad but I just it was just the words and anyways needless to say one night and it was funny because he was like we were just talking and I was like you know it's silly but like that's still I'm still thinking about that and I need to forgive you and I know it but like I'm hanging on to it 
And he was like, you know, I'm just so sorry I didn't mean to hurt you. And it was such a sweet moment. And I just want to encourage you that if you're holding on to stuff, like I think it's so important that we forgive, number one, because when we extend grace and mercy and forgiveness, you know what? We, we receive it. We receive it. But also, it's like imprisonment to us. And I think that that's what begins to happen. It's like your mind starts to go down this little spiral. And what begins to happen to me is that I think of all the other things, too. Like, oh, yeah, and that kind of made me mad, too. And so I just want to encourage you to forgive your spouse, to forgive each other. Now, I said all that to say, um, back to parenting, um, we had um, our youngest baby girl has not really found um, just a sport that she just loved. She was sort of just indifferent about everything. She likes music, but as far as like sports, dance, etc., she just was not, she just really didn't like anything. So I was to a point as a mama where I could like be like, okay, I really want you to do something just number one so that you have a group. You're starting middle school. I think you need to have a group of friends. Um, and, you know, cohorts that you're in a small group, and, and I wanted her to do something. And then, two, I just wanted her to get some exercise. So I was really encouraging her, and you know how you do as a parent, like, hey, does this sound good? Hey, let's do this. Hey, I think this would be really fun. Well, finally, I, hit, I came across one that her cousin was doing, which was cross-country, which is running. I don't know if you've heard of cross-country, but it's like going out in a field and running. Fun. <laughs> So there's my idea for my 10-year-old. Let's go do that. Doesn't that sound like fun? That'll be fun. And Maria, our cousin, was doing it, so let's go do that. So she was excited. And um, she... Goes and buys the clothes. You know, did. you got to have the clothes. got to have the shoes. Clothes. Let's go spend it's money. Cute. We actually didn't buy the shoes yet. We still need to. That's on my list. But we bought these cute little running shorts and, like, little sporty things. And, and she was super cute. She couldn't wait for it to start. And she had her little clothes laid out and... Um, so we show up at the first practice, and um, she hated it. I mean, hated it. And um, we're running at 5.30. It's the middle of the summer. It's hot. She's sweating. She's red-faced. It's gross. Uh, everybody was faster than her. It stunk. And so... Two she, miles. She, first day. Yeah, two miles. Two, run two miles. And we had been trying to run at home and, like, build up, but, you know, running with like on our walks, and it was just, this This was a bad experience compared to the walks. Was so, um, so anyways, she kept saying to me, I just want to quit. I don't want to go back. Um, and I was kind of making her, you know, I was kind of that mom. Like, let's don't quit, let's don't give up, and I'm trying to encourage her. And, um, you know, you've got all these cute clothes. You know, let's just be cute and go run. And nothing was really working. And so um, finally, I get her to the pediatrician, because we always do our well-child checkups um, during the summer. And so I have her there. And I don't know if you guys lately have done a pedi pediatric visit, like a well-child checkup visit, but they have you fill out like all these things about your child, like a questionnaire about just to make sure they're like mentally healthy. Um, you know, like does your child seem like they're running on a motor, you know, stuff like that. And so most of the time I can just answer, no, no, we're in good shape, we're in good shape. But there were a couple that I wanted to read aloud to her and kind of get her response. And one of them is, do you ever feel bad about yourself? 
And so I read that question out loud, and um, she goes, well, just when I try to run cross country. <laughs> and I was like, I have wrecked you. I mean, this is awful. So I could sense, like, she's defeated, and this is bad. So I'm praying, and, like, I still don't want to see her give up because, you know, you need to overcome. And, um, and by the way, I had said to Paul earlier, why don't you go run with her? And he was like, I don't want to run. <laughs> I did. I said that a couple times. So and I said, <laughs> why don't you go run with yeah, her? Yeah, he did. And I did try. I did try. But, so needless to say, um, things just weren't well. So um, I'm praying, I'm, I'm trying to talk Ruth Ann into running with her, anybody, Pete, run with her, somebody run with the girl. So, um, so finally one night, um, was it the actual practice or was it not the practice? I think it was I had gone and practice. walked with them this track and had kind of enjoyed walking with her and seeing the kids go and I could see Sarah Bett was having a hard time and I thought, well, I'll try to run with her. So she said, okay. So she got next to me, and we just ran, ran slow, very slow pace, didn't matter. I said, let's just try. And we almost made it a mile, almost. And I felt like we had just had a victory. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got away from there. We walked and ran the rest of the way, the whole two miles, got done, and came back and talked about it. And I just encouraged her, you did so good, I'm so proud of you. But in my natural person, I started thinking as I sat at home, I think I can do it. I'm not a runner at all, but I start thinking, it's a two-mile track. I really kind of think I can do it. I want to try it. So I get up the next day. They're not supposed to practice the next day, and I think, I want to do this. And I'm like, Sarah Beth, do you want to go run? She's like, no. (laughs) And I said, but I think I can do it. Do what? Run the whole thing. Well, I don't think I can do it. Well, you know, I really don't know if I can or not either, but will you go with me? Okay, let's go. So here we go. And she's a talker. I don't want to talk. I want to catch my breath. She's just blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, shut up. I want to run. I want to run. I didn't say shut up, but I'm like, I am a D administrator. I have a finish line. Don't anybody bother me. We are going for that finish line. What do you want to talk about? The bunnies, the what? What are you talking about? Okay. But I am sitting here going, you're doing great, you're doing great. And she's just encouraging me back. You're doing great. We passed the one-mile mark. And I'm like, oh, man, that was awesome. We made it a mile. Yeah, we made it a mile. Can you keep going? Yeah, I can. Can you? Yeah, I can. Let's just keep going. Here comes a hill. Okay, here's another hill. Okay, let's just get over the hill. Catch your breath. Let's get over the hill. Oh, we got over the hill. Now let's enjoy going down the hill. She goes, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can either. Can you go a little bit further? Yes, I can. Okay, I can too. Next thing you know, we finished. I high five her. To be honest with you, I feel like I have just climbed Mount Everest. I don't know what she's thinking, but I felt like I had just found a cure for cancer. I mean, I literally felt like I had accomplished a humongous feat. And there she is beside me. And Elizabeth just starts seeing, Paul, I see this story. I see this, you coming in and helping her overcome. And I'm like, you know, it's not just that. She helped me overcome. She didn't even know what she was doing by her encouraging me. 
and you know, as she started talking about my role, and this is just how the Father does, comes in and helps you finish, you know, I didn't have to think about it. It wasn't one of these things where I thought, okay, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to go help my child overcome this running thing. No, I thought, I think I can do it. Will you come with me? Well, yeah, I'll get in the boat with you. You're going somewhere? Where are you going? I'm going to the finish line. Will you go with me? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can do it. Well, I don't know if I can do it either. Okay, good. If we want to stop, we'll stop. She had no fear of whether we stopped or not. We'll stop. But we're not going to stop. We're going to make it. And the thing that I gathered the most from, and I've kind of taken her story, is I didn't have to think about it. It is in me to lead my children. It's in me to lead them to the Lord. It's in me to lead them as a parent. It's in us to be successful with our kids. We don't even have to necessarily try. We just have to be in it. I do have to try. I do have to work. I do have to study. I do have to have the Holy Spirit. But the most important thing is, is that I'm there. The Lord is there. The Lord is with me. And the greatest thing to me is to tell her, I didn't have to try. It was in me to do that, mm-hmm. which was a shock. Most of the times I feel negative about myself, about parenting. I'm a good parent, but we struggle so much and we get down and we don't even want to continue. And then I realize, no, just stay, on, stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Stay in the game. Yeah, yeah, amen. Well, and, and, and just, to, just to finish that up, I think you explained it perfectly, but we're in it together. We're in it together. And just coming off that story, what our little girl learned, she had a little friend show up the other night to cross country for the first time. And you know what she started saying? It gets better. It gets better. Give yourself a couple weeks and it gets better. And she stood with her and encouraged her. And so I just want to remind us all that um, let's be a source of life. Let's be a source of encouragement. And let's finish strong. Let's run the race together and finish strong. Amen. Amen. Stand up and let's just pray together. Church, I know that we've rambled a little bit just about personal families, but listen, life is all about overcoming. And just like me and Sarah Bett ran that race, there were so many challenges. Our bodies were telling us no. The distance was telling us no. Our being out of shape was telling us no. But I want you to I want you to know that the Lord says you are more than overcomers. Right now I just just pray, Lord, I just ask you just to get marriages back on the playing field, Lord. Husbands and wives, get back on the playing field with each other forgiving and bearing with one another, getting on the same page, dying to each other, dying to self. Would you make a commitment today to the Lord to start serving Him, to start walking with Him, to get in the game with your family, with your, with your children, with your parents? Let's just start with forgiveness. Father, I thank You that You forgave us You have forgiven us of all these loads of sins that we have. Lord, help us to forgive. 
Help us to stay connected to family. Just want to ask you, do you need, you need prayer for relationships? Those that are praying with me, let's just go ahead and open up the altar. Do you need prayer for relationships? Do you need help? Do you need an encouragement? Do you need somebody on the on the on the track uh, the uh, cross country track standing there encouraging you, saying, "You can do this. You can do this. You can make it." Do you need somebody to help encourage you to forgive? We want to pray with you. We want to help encourage you. Do you need encouragement with the report you've gotten over your health this week? Maybe you've got a health issue. Maybe you've got a financial issue. We're here to help. We're here to help pray with you and to help you get through what it is that you're going through. That's what family does. Would you just die to yourself and come up and let somebody help you? Let the Lord in. As we sing, I just ask you, make that commitment, that first-time commitment or a long-needed commitment that you need to make a change.